Hi everybody, how's it going? Hope y'all are having a good afternoon. My name is Etzen Ochoa and I am the uh, I am the co-host of this uh, podcast called Down in the Valley, uh, where we talk usually every Wednesday uh, due to you know so, uh, me being sick yesterday. Uh, I had to postpone the episode until today. Uh, but I really appreciate you guys uh, to tuning in uh, to, to the show. Uh, we have a lot of topics uh, to talk about today. Uh, some news that came out uh, in between the last time that we were here uh, talking uh, last last Wednesday uh, and until today, actually, uh, a couple of hours ago. So we'll go ahead and talk about, you know, those um, those bit of news. Uh, as always, if you guys have any topics that you guys want to talk about related to RGVFC or the USL uh, or, or the Dynamo, uh, you can always, you know, you can always uh, put it in the chat. Uh, we'll try to be very in, as interactive as uh, as possible with with you guys, uh, just to let y'all know that this is y'all's show as well. Uh, this is a we want this to be a platform, and I know I've said it many times. We want this show to be a platform um, for the fan base of RGVFC. And I think what happened this past weekend after last week's show should be proof enough that the organization is listening and that uh, your opinions do matter to this organization. And... We will try our very best to be that voice for you all or lift up the fan base to be able to get their voices heard. Uh, So, I mean, it's one little step that we really greatly appreciate uh, when it comes to the um, being able to see what's going on via live tweets as best as possible during these uh, closed um, preseason games, so you know that's another topic that we do want to we do want to talk about. Um, there's also the bit of news of Andrew Samuels. We've also got news of two uh, signings that have been officialized, um, and we'll talk more about that uh, as well. We'll talk about the SMU match, what we kind of know based on the uh, live tweets that RGVFC made uh, for, um, last Saturday. And also, you know, like I said, any other topics that you guys want to bring up uh, on the stream in, in the chat. And sorry, I'm feeling, um, if I sound a little bit lethargic uh, during today's episode, um, like I said, yesterday I, I got it really bad. Uh, I guess you could say like a sore throat. Well, the sore throat isn't really that severe, but it was more it's more my sinuses. So I'm kind of recuperating from that. I just took a, I just took my meds, so I might be feeling a little bit a little bit lethargic. So wish y'all c- uh, could excuse me. Um, just might well just leave it out there. Um, but before we start, and I know that Jacob isn't here yet. Uh, he, he he should be here at any moment now. Um, but I do want to thank Natural Beauty Spa, uh, our sponsor, for 
all their support with with this show and promoting it and you know all all, all the, that they really do for us um natural beauty spa they do uh facials and anything related with skincare uh they handle the wilma schumann um line of products and for, they do they have really really good uh results some of our uh some of their customers are actual rgbfc toros players so um i i think uh, if you guys are interested or girls you know it doesn't really matter i mean beauty uh, this you know taking care of your skin that's it's for it's for both sexes it's not just exclusive to uh women so if you guys if you guys have any skin issues or you just want to make uh just feel healthier with your skin give natural beauty spa a call at 956-648-8586 and uh be sure to speak with uh josefina ochoa and also we do want to um thank uh the beautiful game network for hosting us uh on their website their their podcasts um so be sure to uh check them out on their website bgn.fm uh on bgn.fm you can uh find not only our podcasts uh but also you can find uh carson's articles related to rgvfc and other uh usl podcasts like rising s1 back chat show uh the usl show sock takes and many 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 others that uh do a heck of a good job in covering their respective usl teams so if you guys want to know more about our rivals in the Western Conference, be sure to check out uh, the directory at uh, the Beautiful Game Network's website, bgn.fm. Be sure to uh, listen to some of their some of their stuff. Like I said, it's really good. Uh, it's really good uh, quality content, and I really really recommend it. So, anyways, so let's move on to the uh, to the first topic at hand. So, um, last week Jacob and I. You know, we were taught, we were discussing with you guys uh, the lack of coverage by the team's uh, social media account uh, regarding these uh, past few uh, preseason friendlies, right? Uh, we mentioned that against uh, Austin Bold, they really didn't really post anything until a couple of hours later after, well, it was like one or two hours later after uh, the, the game had ended. Right where they finally mentioned, you know, the who the goal scorers were, what the what the final score was, and um, we were uh, very uh, very kind of frustrated, kind of disappointed uh, at the lack of coverage, right, from from the team's uh, social media. And you all voiced your opinions about it. We voiced our opinions about it, and. Last Saturday, at the uh, at the match against uh, SMU here in Houston, we saw a lot more uh, interaction with uh, with the social media team. Uh, we saw them announcing uh, on Twitter and on Facebook, obviously on Instagram. Uh, the Instagram takeover by Robert Castellanos uh, when Robert Coronado did it uh, against uh, Austin Bold. It was all pretty much only mentioned in, in Instagram, right? So there was a lot more activity going on um, this past weekend. Uh, and then also, you know, we had you had your announcements that the Toros were going to play a preseason, a closed 
preseason match um, that day. And um, then during the game, you know, you saw, you know, some uh, updates uh, on the game as, as pretty much as they happened. You know, goal scored, uh, a goal scored or, in, or important um, plays that would happen uh, during the match. And, you know, just like I criticized and some people might say I might have the words that I, that I may have said last week may have been a little bit too harsh or something like that. You know, uh, listening back, I was like, man, I can't believe I said that. Or not necessarily, it's more along the lines of, I could have conveyed this idea better, right? Um, but they listened, right? And I think it just, goes, it just goes to show that this organization is very, what's the word I'm looking for? They really want, they really want to change for the better, and they've shown with this one little change right there they've shown that they really want to be better for uh, for for their fans uh be more connected with the fans you know uh let the fans you know know more about the team so they can become more involved with the team as well in social media uh and uh you know during their their everyday lives so like I said, I really appreciate it. And to whoever runs the social media account uh, for RGVFC, I want to give you a... If I ever meet you in person, I want to thank you personally for, do, for, 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 for doing that. I think we as, all, we as fans, and I'm pretty sure y'all were not going to let me lie, but we as fans are really appreciative of the effort that, that, that you're bringing in. And uh, pretty much, you know, taking these uh, suggestions um, to heart. So not everybody, not everybody does that. Uh, not everybody has the humility to do that. And you've shown yourself to be uh, open to new ideas and really, really, uh, really appreciate it. I don't know what you guys think. Uh, so let me guy, let me know in, in the chat. Now, hopefully, we should get uh, Jacob uh, coming in any minute. Now, I, I know he was uh, a little bit late from the last uh, message that he sent me, but he should hopefully be here uh, uh, for for tonight's episode. Uh, so, my dad Javier Ochoa says that's what I that's what I call teamwork. Thank you, uh, RGBFC and Down in the Valley, and I really, really, really appreciate uh, your 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 support. So anyways, uh, moving on with, with, with the next topic, um, we, we brought up, uh, you know, th that match against uh, SMU happened on Saturday, and it was, it was pretty interesting, right? You know, RGVSC professional team going up in Houston uh, against SMU, and the first half seemed... Mm, what's the best way to describe it? It was kind of surprising, the you know, the results, you know, as we got into the uh, uh, first half. Hey, how's it going, Jacob? Hello? Can you hear me? Anyway, 
Um, so in the first half, you know, ended with a 2-2 draw. Uh, the goals were scored by, one of them was by a trialist, and the second one was uh, DeShane Beckford. I believe it was when in the 27th minute or something around there, uh, DeShane Beckford uh, scored uh, the goal for RGVFC. And in the second half, you know, you started seeing a lot more, you know, substitutions, uh, bringing in uh, more trialists, uh, more academy players from both the Dynamo and RGV. Uh, two trialists scored two more goals for RGVSC with a final score of uh, four to two. But uh, before we go on, let's uh, go ahead and say hi to uh, Jacob. Jacob, how have you been, man? Well, I've been, I've been good for sure. Running around McAllen's always fun for your job. So yeah, looking forward to talking about more soccer. And guess what? We're a week away. <sighs> finally, 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 finally. It it it, it seemed like forever, mm-hmm. honestly. Oh, why? Okay, Skype quit acting weird. Anyways. It seemed like forever. We thought with this date, this day was never gonna come. Uh, we believed that. Oh boy, this is gonna be fun. Skype, why you do this to me? Ah, boy, fun, fun, fun. Anyways, you know, now we're a week away. We've got one more preseason match uh, to worry about, and that'll take place tomorrow at. I believe 2.30 or 1.30 around there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it'll be at Toyota Field against our arch nemesis, uh, San Antonio FC. And this, it seems to me, yes, it's a preseason match, but this is going to be, I think this match is going to have a special flavor. And... And I think it's going to be more than it ever has before. (laughs) Because San Antonio FC have pretty much uh, freshened up their their roster. They've gotten a a bunch of young players, including our fan favorite, Jesus Enriquez. So, and then... Also, because of that, and knowing that RGVSC has also kind of freshened up the roster a bit, this is a really, really good parameter to see how well this team is going to be going in into the uh, first game of the 2020 USL Championship season against LA Galaxy 2. What are your... What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, uh, you kind of hit it exactly right. It's it's this perfect measurement. Both teams, if you don't have your lineup set by now, then that shows how ready this team is going to be. And I'm talking about RGVFC. It's it's 100% true. This matchup, no matter even if. RGVFC weren't playing San Antonio FC, in my opinion. They were, if they were just playing any USL team in this final preseason match, you, you've seen it, mm-hmm. and also like just 
in different sports, when it comes down to like that final week of preparation, you can tell that all these teams, they're ready for this new season, or most likely. And this is, yeah, it's going to be a perfect parameter. It's going to be a perfect just what we need to expect, basically, from this team heading in. We finally got the two players that we expected to be signed signed on to RGVFC. Mm-hmm. So not too big of a shock there. That will help out this team, whether or not they're first or second. Most likely first two first-team players that are young but have that experience from college. Of course, it will take them time to get used to the play somewhat. I think we still will see a little bit of a hiccup against LA Galaxy 2, but we it could be different. Hopefully it is. But like you said, it's a perfect opportunity to see where we face against this team, especially, well, Chuy Enriquez we know will be in the attacking. Kai Green we know for sure will be a good kind of defensive mid or defensive defensive player basically for San Antonio FC mm-hmm. then you have this dude who I, I don't know his name but I always see him on Chuy Enriquez's oh Haravo um, exactly the curly hair dude yeah his <laughs> new BFF right there you, you know he'll be up playing really well and of course I think it's pretty this is a cool thing for San Antonio FC that their team and I'm positive that RGVFC have done the exact same thing is that both teams have like gelled really well as in they are friends basically with each other. So that always helps. It's just going to be a very interesting matchup. It will be tactical and hopefully we don't see or hear that it's all quarters and most mm, likely I doubt course, it. it's just going to be like two 45 minute halves and it could be a fantastic back and forth matchup where we can finally see guess what this is a team that we're most likely going into for yeah la galaxy 2 now you know we're at this moment in time where um you have to play 245 minutes and they've done that you know against smu they played uh 245 minute halves uh, i believe against austin bolt they also played 245 minute halves so we can expect a two forty-five minutes and maybe an extra set to bring in academy players uh, to and pit them against each other. Um, but I really don't think so. Like I said, this match is also going to be closed, um, mm-hmm. so we'll have to rely on RTVFC's uh, social media in in order to get some updates of what's going on uh, at the match. Uh, so hopefully they'll do the same like they did uh, against SMU. Uh, so RCN7 says you can gauge them as long as they play the team that will be playing d- uh, during the season. I think that's what you were trying. Uh, that's where you were mentioning, Jacob. He says che- yeah. Cello still hasn't even been inserted. So that's re- that really is an interesting uh, take, uh, take on this and the fact that I, it makes a lot of sense. You that's and I think it's the first thing that that you that you said uh, when you started when you started talking. And you got to have that lineup already on your mind, that starting lineup already on your mind, as we're one week away from uh, from this uh, from the beginning of the season. So, you know. But before we talk more about uh, the the San Antonio match, um, 
let's talk a little bit more. Like I said, we were talking uh, about the SMU match. Uh, first half, it was uh, it ended two to two. Uh, RGVSC were losing, started losing one uh, zero. Then they then they reverted the, reverted the score. Uh, they were winning two to one, and right before halftime, uh, SMU was able to equalize uh, once again uh, in, in the match. As I mentioned before, the goal scorers was one of them was a trialist. The other one was to Shane Beckford uh, in, in the first half. So, what is S? How does SMU usually ranked? in college and were you expecting this uh score line at halftime well it it's an interesting it's just very interesting i know smu they come from well what used to be conference usa to now the athletic conference it's been the athletic conference for a while so normally they're they're okay and mm-hmm. a two to two draw at halftime. It's pretty interesting. Now it's great that we saw or that we heard that DeShane Beckford scored that goal because he is one of our key players, especially coming into 2020. A huge player that has, he's just looked talented mm-hmm. in general. And so it's nice to see that he's still getting those minutes and still scoring as well, putting away some goals. And of course, as just Toro's players, remember, yes, we didn't know what the lineup was at the start of the game. The only big thing is, well, we actually these did players get... are almost as young as college players. Some of them decided to skip college. So, yeah, of course, kind of expected it. It is on the road still. It is a closed environment. And at the same time, you could take this mentality that, oh, they're college, so we we have this in the bag basically but of course you're still working especially a coach sometimes can be just working on tactics maybe deciding to try out this for a second and if that doesn't work then just go back to their original formation and just work on that and practice on a later time so yeah mainly seeing a 2-2 draw at halftime not that shocking in my opinion as well as of course you're still trying to find maybe who's going to be the starting keeper because as we saw last year at the same time we saw a lot of just switching for keepers so that could have been another factor into that so we actually did get uh an uh starting lineup tweet uh by rgbfc uh in this match against smu um you had uh ben willis on goal and you had a line of four uh where it appears to be a line of four uh, you had Robert Castellanos, Eric McHugh, Robert Coronado, and we can assume that the 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 other defender was a trialist, because right? he got three trialists starting for RGVFC. Uh, in the midfield, you had uh, Luca Purpa, Kevin Rodriguez, uh, and uh, DeShane Beckford. And then up on top, you had Juan Carlos Obregón Jr. and two trialists. So... It's interesting to see the pairing of Eric McHugh, who was who a lot of people have a high expectations for him here with the Houston Dynamo. I know there's been a lot of people that say that they want to see him get 
uh, first team minutes. Uh, but he got some minutes uh, with RGVSC uh, alongside uh, Robert Castellanos uh, as the the, cen- the center back pairing. Now it's interesting to see here that because of this and with the fact that uh, Kyle Adams was with uh, the Houston Dynamo at the uh, Visit Tucson Sun Cup, now you're seeing more of Robert Castellanos being given the role as the leader of this back line. I mean, he is, at this point, you look at this roster, and he uh, he is the most veteran player here uh, of this lineup. Because not only has he been here for about three years with RGVFC, he's also an ex-LA Galaxy 2 player as well. So he's got like four or five years of USL experience uh, on him. So this is the time where Robert Castellanos has to step up to the plate and show coach, not only us, but but more importantly, Coach Echeverri, that he is reliable and mature enough to take on the challenge of maybe being the next RGVFC captain, but at least being that leader of that back line and given the, excuse me, uh, given the responsibility of carrying, or not carrying, but like helping and mentoring Eric McHugh into becoming a potential first team player for the Houston Dynamo. Yeah. It's just, we all know what's going to happen at the moment. Just, well, you have Adams at Houston Dynamo. I think he's still there at this moment as well. He's not coming back for a while. I think that was him on the latest post from Houston Dynamo if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that just proves right there that he's going to most likely be playing or basically on that team this weekend. So okay. you take that into perspective, he probably won't be there for the San Antonio FC match as well. Mm-hmm. And that's a big thing. Of course, you like to see that, but at the same time, hopefully he can get more minutes and we've talked about that before. We think Tab Ramos is the right guy for him to get more minutes with that first team. But talking more about Castellanos, you said it best. He's been with LA Galaxy 2 as well as now with the RGVFC for about a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's about five years. He has to be that mature role and step up and be the voice of that back line. Besides, of course, your goalkeeper who will always have a voice, whether they're great or not which yes Tyler Derrick was great and he did have a voice but at the same time it's pretty funny you know you yell at a player and then you miss your save kind of looks bad on you but that is also besides the point my point really here is yes Castellanos definitely has to be given that role and he has to step up and show Jerson that he is ready for that maybe not necessarily to you know, just teach 
to individuals to be a great first-team player for the Dynamo, but also for him to be a great first-team player, whether not for the Dynamo or for the Dynamo, but with some MLS first-team. That would be a huge just momentum switch for him because, once again, we go back to it. This is what this team is supposed to do. Make these first-team players and make will Matt Jordan look good. So, yeah. And, and he, here's the thing. Uh, you do bring you bring up a good point with that. You know, these players, they want to make the jump to MLS, right? They don't want to stay in the USL uh, championship all their time, especially when you've got players that dream of being uh, capped with the national team, right? It's very rare. And the, only, and, and the reason... I'm going to have to say this, but more often than not, the national team players that play in USL Championship or USL League One are usually Central American and Caribbean national teams. Not necessarily the U.S. national team, much less the uh, Mexican national team, right? For It's very important to make that jump to the first team to MLS but you need to prove yourself first right because as we talked about it I believe uh, two three weeks ago it's very hard for MLS teams to go out to an ML- a USL team and buy players straight from them we recently had an exception to the rule with Atlanta United purchasing Adam John uh, John from was it him I think it was Adam John uh, for, uh, from uh, Phoenix Rising to uh, uh, Atlanta United. But for the most part, most USL players that are outstanding, they either go to Europe to a mid-level or lower-level league in Europe, but it's rare that they, make the, that they make the jump to MLS. Why that's the issue the Athletic had an article about it. If you guys want to uh, check it out, go ahead and, uh, and I'll see if I try to find it. But the thing is, it's harder. If you're not an MLS 2 team, it's hard for you to make a jump to MLS. Because at least with MLS 2 teams, you're already in the within the organization. And it's a lot easier for you to just, you know, get swooped up. And the, and the, the, the fact of the matter is, with MLS 2 teams, the way the these inner organizational loans work it makes it a whole lot easier to get a short-term contract with mls uh for let's say the open cup or leagues cup or whatever other you know league uh or tournament that mls uh teams play and participate in but they require a little bit more depth that they probably don't want to expose their usual first team players uh, in so they you know you get a uh, sh- some short term contracts uh, for your um, affiliate players right so because you're already in an MLS two team and we know it you know we we are all about continuity and you know we want this this team to not get you know poached by the Houston Dynamo, but if done right, if you've really asserted yourself in USL Championship and you already have a replacement waiting on the waiting by the time you decide to sign a player from a USL 
to your first team, you already have a replacement ready to go for him. So that way the 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 affiliate coach, in this case, Jerson Echeverry, doesn't have to suffer trying to, you know, try to find somebody to take over the spot or, or even, you know, wing it some some way or another. Right. You put him in a bad position if you do, if you don't do it properly. Uh, but, you know, these these players, they want some MLS, uh, MLS uh, minutes, but you have to show it here. And the best way to show it uh, is in the case of Robert Castellanos. You got to show your leadership. Don't sh you got to show that you're just not you're not just a player that's going to go with the flow or you're waiting to be told what to do by somebody else or or, or by coach. You got to you know you got to take the initiative and do what what is best for what's going on uh, at that moment on the field and also the mature the enough maturity to be able to lead other uh, up and comers up-and-coming players that are playing alongside you in a match and whether in preseason or during the during the season that you know how to deal with it because yes um kyle adams is going to be loaned down here and there during during the season right but you're not always going to have and you can't just rely on having somebody else guide you you got to do it you got to know how to do it yourself I do have a lot of confidence that Robert Castellanos uh, is mature enough to handle to handle that, but you know you got to shake off some of that some of that rust that we've seen from him uh, in the last uh, couple of seasons. And we go back to saying you know the this mentality of you know uh, losing grip uh, on the matches, making uh, dumb mistakes uh, in the last couple of minutes, which has affected the team uh, negatively when it comes to points in the last couple of seasons. Right now, this is your time to show that you're more than a USL player. And let's show it. Let's show it. You got a good opportunity now against uh, San Antonio FC. Um, so going to uh, the, the chat, uh, Santos Cisnero says, are the two Dynamo signings really big draft picks? If yes, why didn't they stay in Houston to be on the bench to be inserted when a chance comes up? Uh, so that's his first question, and we'll uh, discuss that right uh, right now, Jacob and I. Then he says, uh, Castellanos is a returning recognizable face uh, for RGVFC. That's another good topic uh, when it comes to like uh, marketing your players. Uh, and then he says, when MLS is a top five league, more players get attracted to us, making a trickle down, uh, uh, affecting our USL. The stadiums are great plus live security compared to Mexico. I think that's why uh, that's why players are in MLS. Uh, I think he's talking about Mexicans coming to MLS to to be, you know, to secure the money and stuff like that. Um, but basically he's saying as MLS grows, this can only uh, affect uh, the USL, MLS or more specifically, MLS two teams uh, better than uh, and and it'll hopefully help uh, USL in the long run. At least that's what I'm that's what I'm getting from what he said. Uh, Michael Reyes says we need someone to step up and earn the the C patch, the captain's armband. Uh, and then Santos says yes, seniority should mean automatic captain. I don't necessarily agree with that, and we'll we'll get into discussion uh, why in a little bit. But let's go to the first thing uh, that we're talking about: the two signings that were announced today, Luca Purpa, Garrett McLaughlin. Garrett McLaughlin uh, is a forward 
that he and he played for if I'm not mistaken SMU and he comes in with uh, these these stats right so McLaughlin was selected by the Dynamo as the eighth overall pick in the 2020 Super Draft right uh, and so he saw action in 76 games with 68 start 68 starts with uh, SMU in his four year career right he scored. 37 goals and 13 assists, and he earned the American Athletic Conference First Team Honor in 2019. Uh, he finished his senior season as the team's leading goal scorer with 16 goals, finishing second in the American Athletic Conference and seventh in the NCAA overall. So, kid looks good uh, when it comes to numbers, but we know from many different times uh, with different... Uh, uh, other players that and even coach has told us personally that there is a huge difference in level of play between college and the professional level yeah there there is and why is that exactly well simple it's just the style of play it's a lot of well as we all know professional soccer it's a lot of passing and counterattacking and making sure that you're just making the correct decisions defensively or, of course, offensively, whether or not you want to just move the ball. In college, it's mm-hmm. a lot of long balls, and let's see if we can just try a through ball in the air, short through ball, or just a lazy ball, as they also call it, just different things like that. Yeah. That's really the main difference. And it's weird. It only... To me, it only happens in men's soccer. I've watched the women's game, and guess what? From high school to college to the pros, it's a lot of the same things, and they are already moving up the ball. If you have a skilled player, they already know exactly what to do throughout that college to pro game, which is basically you know you get picked by the national team. But for the men's, it's just totally different. And so, yeah, it's just... It's oddly a ginormous jump, and I don't understand why. And so that's exactly, yes, he is a high draft pick. I mean, looking at just everything that you heard from the rankings, that's exactly why. And then, well, okay, SMU, not necessarily ranked, but that has nothing to do with the fact that McLaughlin's good. And you just well i mean i really know what else to say besides they ain't ready for the mls they need more time to grow we've seen that before with uh, other players the another great example for one of our signings andrew samuels Hmm. samuels last year got signed guess what he was playing 90 percent of well just a lot of his time down in the rgv so shows you just if you're going straight to college and this is also a different topic but it's good Mm -hmm. from high school for soccer then you ain't ready for the MLS when you get out of college you're ready for the MLS basically well if you're ready for the MLS out of high school guess what don't even go there you should go to Europe and have a better chance that's exactly what Pulisic did that's exactly what a lot of these stars have done as well 
just from those academies, that's how you kind of get ready for the MLS. So, yeah, that Toros Academy, they're getting those players, the DA Academies to be exact, getting those players ready for not only the national team, but for at least the MLS, because, yes, it is an American soccer team, but also, you know, push them towards that European side. So a lot of club soccer, that's where you really get that chance to go straight from high school to a bigger club, which could even end up being MLS. It's just if you go straight to uh, for college from high school, you're not going to be ready for the MLS when you get out. Now, he, here's, here's the thing. So, and Ray has mentioned it on the show before, I believe last year, we were talking about that as well, last year's preseason, how the way that NCAA coordinates or the rules uh, in soccer for NCAA is a whole lot different than what FIFA uh, has for for the game, or I forgot what the name of the actual governing uh, body of the laws of the game is, is called off the top of my head. But y'all get the point. Say again. Like what? What are you talking about? Because I know FIFA doesn't actually write the laws of the game. Or like, uh, I mean, it's, there's the NCAA. Yeah, because you've got. Uh, let me see the laws of the game. Um. Anyways, oh, EFAB, the International Football Association Board. They're the ones yeah. that actually uh, do the laws of the game. Well, their loss of the game and NCAA's loss of the game are completely different. You've got unlimited substitutions. You've got, uh, you know, time is actually run backwards. Time stops whenever the ball goes out of uh, goes out of play or if there's an injury, time stops. So it's completely different the way that uh, they prepare themselves for these matches. I mean, they play only a couple of months out of the, out of the year. And the time that they spend training isn't really as much compared to a professional. So when they get out of college, and Coach Javier has told us this, uh, you know, they, the difference is so great that it takes them a little while to kind of adapt to the difference, right? So that's why a lot of these MLS teams, rather than keep these draft picks, they usually, if they have an MLS 2 team in the USL, they usually loan them out for the same reason. They want to make, they want to see how they develop into this new system of play, the professional system of play. And if they do good at the USL in a lower division, then they'll try and give them minutes uh, with the with the with the first team. I was going to say the Dynamo first team, but the, with uh, with the first team in MLS. Right, I mean, you have who? What? What's the best example right now I can give you? Alfonso Davies. He played game. He played games with. Uh, he didn't go to college, right? But no, yeah, no, no, he, he didn't, didn't go, go to college, college because he was signed at fifteen or. Uh, I think he was like fifteen or something, or or just barely turned sixteen. He signed with Vancouver Whitecaps too, right? He was only there for a couple of months. They saw him develop really well. And they moved him up to uh, Vancouver Whitecaps. Became, you know, one of the shining, uh, the shining rocks of the diamonds of Vancouver Whitecaps. Earned the 
attention of Bayern Munich. Right now he just scored a, right now he scored an assist for Bayern Munich in the Euro, in the UEFA Champions League. So it could be done where a young player whether he came out of college or a young player just, you know, get, earning a trial uh, with a two team if you can show that that you can do well in a professional setting then you'll get your opportunity to move up whether it's in that with as an MLS starter or an MLS uh, sub or a reserve but you have to sh you have to show that you have adapted well to uh, the new the new style of training right so the next, so the other signing that was actually announced today was uh, Luca Purpa. So Luca Purpa, he was selected in the second round of the 2020 MLS Super Draft uh, with uh, from Marquette University. He's a midfielder. He played. Uh, he started in 60 of 66 games played in his also four-year uh, collegiate career. He scored 18 goals and tallied 21 assists earning all Big East second team in 2017 and 2019, as well as all Big East first team in 2018. So the guy can the guy could score goals and assist in his collegiate career. But we go back with the same question, how well can they adapt to the professional environment? And that's the big key right there. We're going to see him. There's a, there is a reason why RGVSC announce them as signings rather than loans this probably means that these two players have a usl contract and not necessarily an mls contract i'm not sure 100 how this with the whole being drafted thing works if they're offered an mls contract they're there but this seems to me that the dynamo or rgv signed them themselves to a usl contract which is similar what they did with Andrew Samuels, right? The only one that was signed, officially signed by the Dynamo and would get loaned per se to RGV was Sam Junqua. So we'll get to see these guys show their skills, develop, uh, grow within the USL championship. Um, I would love to see their goal scoring abilities also in the professional level uh, i think like uh michael said uh with the case of garrett mclaughlin uh he looks good in his highlights let's let's hope that he can actually that he can translate that into the professional environment as well yeah i definitely agree it's it's true it's only time will tell if these players will be ready for well in mls contract basically at the end of this year give them one year in my opinion mm -hmm. just to see and of course if they develop really well then they'll probably get minutes for well with tab ramos it's, mm -hmm. it goes it, it's as simple as that even for the whole team if you look good you'll get some minutes with tab ramos yes it might make rgvfc struggle but Remember, it would only be for a short time because still the Open Cup is during the season of both MLS and USL. And, of course, 
they don't necessarily do it on USL's off weeks. They do it when the season's going on. So just, yeah, I, I expect the U.S. Open Cup to be the time when we see players go up and have minutes, whether that being Isidro Martinez, once again, McLaughlin, Purpa, just basically anyone possible mm-hmm. to just get those minutes. And so, like I said, only time will tell. And I'm pretty sure they'll be able to pick it up fine. It's just, of course, a the main thing always, and this is big, which is why if you're right now, and this is true, if you're in high school and you play club soccer or if you play for your high school team, join, do yourself a favor and also join the track. Not only that, and at the start of the year, join the cross-country team too. It helps you with pace. That's the main thing and also for fitness because that would that's basically where it becomes difficult besides the IQ mm-hmm. of soccer the main thing is fitness just keeping up for 45 minutes to 60 minutes because sometimes you'll get subbed out at about 60 70 80th minute happens mm-hmm. But of course, you get get to play those full minutes. Just be fit, basically, is all I'm trying to say here. Get that pace up, and it just will benefit you. And that's really, in my opinion, where it comes into play. That that's when you're not too great of a soccer player, and that's why you're in the USL for a long time. So before we go on, we do want to say, uh, go ahead and leave a like. Uh, on the on this video uh, Share it with your friends if you haven't done so already and if you guys are new to his, this channel Be sure to press that subscribe uh, Button and also press that little bell right that's next to the subscribe button that allows you to get notifications Whenever we do go live whenever we upload something uh, and uh, on YouTube um, Be sure to also check out our social media right there got Facebook Twitter oh, come on, And Instagram uh, all down in the RGV. We've also got our website at www.ditvpodcast.com. Be sure to check out all of our articles and as well as links to all of our uh, audio podcasts on Stitcher, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, uh, Spotify, and uh, TuneIn Radio. So, another. I think another 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 topic with this, you know, we've already got. I guess you can say, uh, we've already got a lot of a lot of players. We've got a lot of trialists. We're one week away. You can, you can be, you can assume to say that this this upcoming match against San Antonio FC is going to be a very do or die moment for a lot of these trialists because remember you can remember there's gonna there has to be some cuts when it comes to uh, the final roster size so i think a lot of these players they're gonna they're gonna give it all give it their best to prove themselves worthy of getting a usl contract but at the same time, San Antonio is going to do the same thing as well. 
with some of their trialists and players. But now we're like RCN7 did say a while back, we do need to see this team, this this particular 2020 team playing with Isidro Martinez, playing with uh, uh, Kevin Rodriguez, and uh, we've already seen him play with Ben Willis. Sadly, we won't get to see them play with uh, Andrew Samuels. Um, at the first game of the Houston Dynamo's participation at the Vis- Visit Tucson uh, Sun Cup, there was uh, there was a point in, in, in the match right after he came in where he injured himself, um, and so he was he was carted off. He was subbed off, um, and then we was never we never heard much from him again. A um, couple of days after uh, last week's episode, um, he posts on his Instagram stories, pretty much confirming uh, all our biggest fears. Uh, he's going to be out for probably a season-ending injury. Uh, I believe he tore his Achilles. He's going to need surgery to uh, to mend that. That, to me, sounds like a season-ending injury. And Andrew Samuels was really consistent in that back line for RGVFC last season. He really was one of the he grew a lot uh, he earned a lot of experience in this first season I was looking forward to seeing how much more he could grow in this fall in, in this next season in 2020 sadly we're not going to be able to see that happen now the biggest question is are we going to is the trialist or whoever is going to replace Andrew Samuels, are they ready to take that next spot? Or will we see a last-minute signing by RGV to fill that hole in that roster? I think it's going to be a next... I think that in and of itself is going to be another interesting thing to be on the lookout for uh, when the final roster announcement is made by RGVFC because to me this is a very very important loss for this for this team well one thing we can see and this could end up happening but not very likely is Kyle Adams stays down in the RGV, kind of replacing that spot, even though, of course, we all know he did better in the mid, basically in the mid-back line. Center. Center. Center back. Center back, basically, yeah. So, I guess what we might see is how kind of, you know, if I'm not mistaken, Andrew Samuels kind of shared that position with... He was a right back. He was a right back, so I guess he didn't share that position with anybody? Um, The only one, his back line... Sam Junqua. Yeah. Coming into that position. It might be interesting. You know, it might be interesting to see see that. 
to see a backline with if Sam Junqua is loaned to RGV for a couple of games, seeing Robert Coronado on the left and Sam Junqua on the right, or vice versa, I think it'd be a, I think it'd be a, an interesting call. But that's all on Tabranos. Of course, yeah, because once again, this could be, and as we thought last year too, mm-hmm. this could be Junqua's last do or die season with basically either RGVFC or Houston Dynamo just because of his inconsistencies. Yes, we did see positives from him last season, but that was last season. Mm-hmm. What have we seen from him this year? Not necessarily as much, but of course, neither team has started regular season play just yet. And of course, Houston Dynamo for the first time and since they made that run to the Western Conference Finals in about 2018 or 2017 season, mm-hmm. sorry, we finally have seen kind of a full team. And that's, that's what I mean for Houston Dynamo is in at least a starting 11 and some players on the bench that can make a push, maybe not necessarily on the defense. Mm. So, yeah, it, it's that, that's a good thing. And so, yeah, we could see Sam Junko back down. But, of course, like he said, yeah, we don't have a lot of players. And it kind of reminds me of, of course, and I'm bringing up Houston Dynamo a lot, but this is a good reason here. Remember how much they struggled trying to find a right back or someone to fill that right back position? Mm-hmm. That, of course, could be the Toro's worst fear right here just due to the fact of when A.J. Delagarza had his ACL tear in that playoff run mm-hmm. on decision day. He was out for that whole season. So then, of course, we had that. It kind of feels like that same deal. Just a little bit feels like the same deal where it could be a big-time struggle. But, of course, once again, and we talked about it last season, our substitutes wanted to have basically play. Now's your opportunity once again. Trialists, same deal. Especially for the defenders, you want an opportunity at being a substitute and having an opportunity to play now's your chance just because of that of course we never want something like that to happen but when you're sitting on the bench or a trialist trying to make the team it's your opportunity now to try and show that hey guess what i'm a trialist but guess what i can also be a leader on that right back position and show that i'm worth it to be here so that could also be a positive. It's very difficult for me to see that, well, RGVFC will get another signing because of the fact of how it has happened in the past. Mm-hmm. But maybe Tav Ramos is thinking or telling Matt Jordan, get on this because it's going to hurt this developmental side. We want both teams to do well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, that could be a possibility. Don't see it so likely, but still a possibility nonetheless. Yeah, and we have also got to cons- uh, take into consideration that the Houston Dynamo at this point, uh, they've got uh, on that right-hand side, you've got um, 
Jose Bizama, you've got Zarek Valentin. Uh, I believe they've got one more player, if I'm not mistaken, or at least I've seen somebody else play in that in in that position. Um, now RGVFC are going to have to find some depth because the team was pretty much preparing themselves to have Andrew Samuels as the starter and have a trialist as a backup. Well, now the trialist is going to have to be the starter now. And now you're going to have to, well, now who's going to be my backup? Especially with the idea that Samuels is going to be out for the whole season. So it's not like, oh, like we'll, we'll deal with this trialist and uh, hope, wait for Samuels to get back. We can't do that because it's going to take him a lot of time to heal. Then he's going to have to rehabilitate himself back to being able to play soccer again uh, with that surgery. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see uh, who the actual signings are, are going to be. And I think, like you said yourself, Jacob, I don't think there's going to be a signing that's not going to be a trialist for that position. I could be wrong, but the, the way how last minute this was, I don't think it's I don't think a outside of the league uh signing is is going to happen. Um at least at least not right now. Correct. Is what we Correct. Can. Maybe in the summer transfer window, maybe. But yeah. at this moment, uh, I I don't think so. I think we we've got to do with what we have. And that's a little bit more extra pressure on on the trialist, but hey, the what's what's the what's the idiom something about you know with iron uh being uh being molded uh by extreme heat and pressure well i i don't know about that but hey that's what he signed up for basically it it doesn't matter you signed up to be in that spotlight you signed up to try and be well put put to the test basically and it doesn't get any more better than that mm-hmm. for, for sure you want to live up to that pressure you want to step up onto HEB Park or even Toyota Field and play your hardest because you know you don't want to have that stage right you want to be the best that you can possibly be on this field and get that starting spot and show hey I'm not like I said I'm not some trialist I'm here to play to get starting minutes and to go up to the next step. It's almost as simple as that. Of course, easier said than done for sure. But it's proof. Yeah. You never know until you're put out there. And you'll get to see you'll get to see your your true uh level. Um you know cuz you can be the best at college, but it's a whole different ball game and professional. So Uh, looking over at the chat, um, Santos says um, Dynamo has his ha- has their hands full with Chicharito, who has big shoes to fill with Ibrahimovic. Highly, uh, but at the end of the day, did Slatan Ibrahimovic win any any cups? No. Uh, I think the sho- I think the shoes that they have to fill is got to be Robbie Keane's. And that's my that's my hot take on LA Galaxy. 
Uh, the yeah. shoes that Chicharito has to fill, they're not Ibrahimovic's. It's Robbie Keane's. Exactly, because not not even Ibrahimovic could fill Robbie Keane's shoes. And why? Because of their management. You can always go back to the coach for LA Galaxy. Why did he leave Ibrahimovic on the bench for so long? Now, of course, once again, we've talked about it with RDVFC. He, you know, he probably didn't take as much care into practice as much as possible but it showed on the field that they needed him to start no matter what and so that was i mean i for if that was in fact the case of why he didn't start a lot of games then i applaud i applaud la galaxy's you know the management to say hey you're not just because you're from europe and you're this dude you don't get to start automatically mm-hmm. you still have to show it time and time again and so it's some players probably showed better in practice but couldn't of course live up to the hype of why ibrahimovic was brought down is to fill that stadium and all of that fun stuff which by the way we'll, we'll see if chicharito does the exact same thing i'm sorry there's a big height difference here as well javier fernandez Yes, of course, he's going to be the attacker. But we're talking about him facing, and this is going to happen this Saturday. We're talking about him also facing off against the back line of Houston Dynamo with, like, Zarek Valentin, who is, well, once again, two times his size. So it just always, always going to be interesting to see if those big signings can actually make a difference. And I, I think Chicharito still has a lot left in him is why he always plays against the United States men's national team and gives them a hard time. Even though, of course, yes, U.S. men's national team ain't that good, but they're getting back to it. So you can stop your crap already if you're trying to start something in the chat, Santos. Because I know he <laughs> he has. I'm, I'm just playing. But either way, point being... We'll see what happens. Yes, he has to live up to Robbie Keane's basically his issues, yeah, idolship that he brought there. But at the same time, I mean, what else is there? And he also says Salazar come back. We might see more. We might see him. We might see him because you've got the Dynamo has got uh, Mara Manotas. Who we who we're still trying to figure out if he's gonna stay or he's gonna go in this next upcoming transfer window. Uh, you've got um, Christian Ramirez. You've got Michael Salazar. You've got Ronaldo Pena. Uh, so you've got like around four strikers there fighting for a spot. So we can see either Salazar or Ronaldo Pena getting the occasional loan to RGBFC. Preferably, I'd go with Michael Salazar, not Ronaldo Pena. But uh, that... Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but that that that's a uh, horse that's already been, been, bitten, uh, been beaten to a pulp. Um, yeah. All right. Thank you to The Peel for talking about that. I'm pretty sure that they've talked about who should start over who. Yeah, we, yeah. The Peel, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so we talked about 
Andrew Samuels. We've talked about the match against SMU. Once again, a big thank you to the RGBFC social media uh, team for listening to the, uh, to the suggestions of the fan base, of our, of our followers, of our listeners. Really, really appreciative of that. And uh, hope this trend of change for the better continues within the whole or- organization. Because we really want the, the stadium to be filled. And speaking of that, um, the first match of the season will take place Sunday, March 8th at, what is it, 7? If I'm not mistaken? Yes, yes, because it's a Sunday, so they'd make it at 7. Yeah. So... We are going to be hanging out uh, with the Stampede. We'll have a live show uh, with them. Uh, we will be ta- we'll be talking while we're at the uh, at the Stampede tailgate. That will be our official, uh, I guess you could say, the official uh, show uh, for it. Uh, it's not going to be like the usual stream. It's just gonna be a video of us, you know, video of us, because it'll be taken by a camera. I'm trying to keep it simple this time, guys, because it's really a pain in the you know what to carry my PC uh, around at the stadium. Um, but we are having a live show at the Stampede tailgate, so if you guys want to uh, hang out with the Stampede, know more about what it takes to be a supporter group member, or you guys want want to enter the discussion with us, uh, you're more than welcome to tag along. Uh, I do have some some things uh, to give away that um, they're actually in the process of being uh, made right now. So hopefully I can have them um, shipped in time uh, so that way uh, that I can uh, give some away uh, at the match. So if you see us, drop by and say hi. We'll probably do a little bit of interviewing other fans uh, and uploading that uh, on on YouTube. Uh, I just really want to get the... the overall thoughts of the more casual, the, the more, you know, the fans that go to the stadium, but don't necessarily, you know, listen to podcasts and stuff like that. But I want to get them at the stadium. I think it'd be interesting to see what they think uh, of the direction this team has taken, what they've seen so far uh, from uh, preseason, what are their expectations uh, for for this team for the upcoming 2020 season and things like that um, We do want to be more interactive with, with the general fan base as well, too I think that's one of my uh, new year's propositions uh, For down to the valley I want to be more like I said I want to be more uh, Interactive and get involved more with the general fan base of HB Park and, and the RGBSC Toros So be on the lookout be on the lookout for that um, next week next Thursday there's going to be a Copa Texas uh, roundtable. I believe it'll be done through Periscope on Copa Texas' official uh, Twitter, which is at Copa Texas. Uh, it'll be members of the, obviously the, the leaders of the Copa Texas. I believe it's going to be... Um, Oh, what's her name? Danielle Garofsky. I think that I think she's going to be representing the Copa Texas uh, leaders. 
uh, we'll have, uh, obviously, uh, Down in the Valley will be a part of it. Uh, I, I will be representing Down in the Valley. Uh, you'll have, I believe it's Scott Garoski will be representing the San Antonio uh, Soccer Roundtable. And the bir- the Three Birds Boldcast will also be there, as well as the Seriously Local uh, Podcast. So all of the members of Copa Texas, the leadership, uh, San Antonio FC, RGVFC, Austin Bold, and El Paso Locomotive. Yes, I know you're going to bring up the, the whole uh, New Mexico. New Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Darn it. He beat, he beat me to the punch. Uh but yeah, uh, all Texas teams will be represented. Uh, we will be uh, pretty much uh, discussing uh, last year's uh, Copa Texas matches, what we thought. You know, I mean, it was the inaugural year. Uh, there are a lot of things that were good. There are a lot of things that could be improved. We, as a general fan base, we're going to be talking um, and discussing the, uh, these other topics of what can be improved, what could be added to give the trophy a little bit more flavor uh get a little bit more attention from the fan base from the media you name it so if you guys are interested especially uh i know because copa texas is very support group supporters group oriented i do want to extend the invitation uh to stampede members as well as the general uh listeners of down in the valley if you guys are listening on the podcast uh, be sure to t- uh, be on the lookout for more information as, as uh, all these little details about this roundtable are confirmed. Um, but I know for sure I, I, I will be I will be there representing RGVFC uh, within all of the uh, U.S. Uh, or the Copa Texas uh, members uh, podcasts. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Um, and I'll see if, if you guys have any ideas or suggestions, concerns about Copa Texas feel free to feel free to contact me feel free to message me on uh on Twitter uh with your questions or anything that you want for me to bring up at this uh short table or round table short table seems legit uh and I'll try to and I'll try my best to bring it up uh with it with everybody else because you know you never know you might have a really good idea that might take Copa Texas to the to the next level and uh, because this is supporters group oriented and this is a fan thing, not necessarily a team thing, we want this to be very organic. And as I don't want to I know I'm not sure if I can use the term grassroots uh, for this, but we want this to, to be kind of uh, an organic thing between all of the uh, supporters groups. So be on the look, be yeah. on the lookout for that uh, on our social media. Yeah. And also let's hopefully make sure like maybe we can pitch in to make sure that they don't have car trouble when they have to come down here for the trophy because the trophy needs to visit um rgvfc and hgb park at least once, correct and not actually you know not be able to because of car trouble but i mean that's something that they couldn't they couldn't control but yeah um there's like i said we can pitch in to make sure that it doesn't happen correct kind of like a uh what, what's it called a rainy uh rainy fund or something like that for a rainy day exactly. uh yeah and that'll be something that'll be something that, that we can bring up at least have an alternative in case something does it does come up that the cup isn't able to make it or something like, that. like have some sort of established date and a backup date if anything were to happen uh exactly. so 
um, that will be that will be something uh, that I think uh, I will I will bring up. So that that is a really good uh, topic, Jacob, uh, for that. But yeah. other than that, I believe we covered everything. Unless you have anything else on your on your mind that we think we should talk about, Jacob. I mean, just real quick, I can also bring this up because it, it's cool. I'm happy to say this that Daniel. Forstein has invited me to talk about, uh, well, RGVFC in of course, for, of course, on his show Monday mm-hmm. to just basically talk also about the whole USL and who's going to be where, especially in the Western Conference. So it might be a round table. Could be fun to uh, listen to when it comes out. And, well, yeah, just very excited to represent Down in the Valley and kind of RGV to just talk about what to expect for the upcoming season this following Sunday. I suggest you really do your homework because some, they, they will also talk, probably talk about the Eastern Conference and stuff like that. But oh, yeah. So I was I was on it last year and I crashed and burned <laughs> um, because I was going in expecting I was going in expecting uh, RGB and C, uh, RGBFC only stuff like for me to talk about the Toros. So um they actually they asked more about stuff about the whole uh, USL. So yeah. I'm not really an expert on USL in general. I know you are you are more you are more of uh, the research uh, kind of guy. So yeah. just do your research and you and, and I think you you'll you'll do good. Uh, you'll do very well with uh, Daniel Feierstein's uh, show. It's called uh, Feierstein's uh, Fire, and um, it be- I believe that. That show does go live um, on uh, on the internet, and I can get that for uh, for you right now. Yeah, yeah, but it should be fun as well as, of course, he's a Jets fan, and I'm a Jets fan, so that will also help <laughs> help us not crash and burn. No, you'll, 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 you'll do good, man. Yeah. You, you, I think so too. So in order, if you guys want to listen to that show live, it is on blogtalkradio.com slash, uh, for your Stein, for your Steen's fire, F E U E R S T E I N S F I R E blogtalkradio.com slash, uh, for your Steen's fire. And I believe they go live at 7 p.m. as well on Monday. So be sure to be sure to support Jacob in uh, in this uh, in his appearance with with the show. And uh, listen, listen in, man. I'm pretty sure you, uh, with you'll probably learn a lot about uh, the other uh, teams that are in the USL in the USL uh, championship. In, and I'm and there's really a lot of good um, hosts that are invited on. So the fact that uh, down down in the valley and Jacob was uh, taken into consideration for the invite this year, I think it's a it's a really it's a really good honor and uh, huge congratulations to you, Jacob. Be sure to repre- represent the the valley well. <laughs> Mike Michael says, "Go Jets, go!" Woohoo! So, agreed. Um, any other any other topics that I think that are we, uh, that we might be missing? 
I'll put it, uh, Michael. I'll put it on. Uh, I'll put it on uh, on our Twitter. Uh, so I'll post it on Twitter. That way, you, you guys can have it can have it ready uh, by Monday. I'll, I'll try to tweet it out every day this weekend and uh, let people know and promote it. So so that so that way, uh, Jacob can have a good backing of RGVFC listeners. Uh, we're waiting for him to succeed. Um, but yeah. So, I mean, I I guess we have covered most of it. That of course we've wanted to talk about. I mean, I, I don't know what else to talk about for a topic. Yeah, I think I think that's pretty pretty much it. Because I mean, we talked about uh, Saturday's game. We talked about Andrew Samuels' uh, season-ending injury. We talked about the latest signings for RGVFC. Uh, we kind of went over the the San Antonio match uh, that's going to take place tomorrow. So be on the lookout. Go ahead and follow RGVFC at RGVFC on Twitter uh, to get the the updates uh, for this match. After all, it is going to be closed. So I don't believe the media are allowed. And anyways, I have, you know, I can't go. I can't go to San Antonio tomorrow because it's during the work week. So. Yeah. All right, it's during the work weekend. Yeah, too. pretty much. Not to so mention two thirty. Yeah, like that. so they, they 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 screwed me over in uh, in that and that. Uh, they they did that last they year did. too. Yes. I don't know what the deal is with them and two p.m. games. Basically, it's in the heat of the day. I mean, it's for it's the winter. no matter what. It doesn't matter if it's going to be a beautiful day in San Antonio. It's still going to be hot and ugly. Because like I. Like today, for example, it was 70 degrees. The There was a nice breeze blowing while I was doing the interview with uh, Weston Henderson. Mm-hmm. That'll be on our Rio Sports Lives, um, whatever magazine, whenever that comes out, when I will write 600 words for that. But either way, yeah, it still imagine running full speed constantly and just in the sun is beaten down on you still. Yes, it might seem like it's a beautiful day, but even I was standing in the sun and kind of sweating with a light jacket on. Mm-hmm. Even I could have taken off my jacket and been in short sleeves and still been, you know, sweating. So, yeah, it's not like it's going to be gorgeous and like a perfect temperature is what I'm trying I mean, to the say. High it's, to... Still, like, it's still going to be ugly in the heat of I the I mean, day. the high tomorrow is going to be 73 degrees with uh, winds at 6 miles per hour. 0% uh, chance of rain at uh, San Antonio, Texas uh, for tomorrow. So it's not going to be hot. I think it's going to be perfect weather to play, to play soccer. Um, but yes, the heat, the the sun will be beating uh, down on them. I would have preferred for it to be a seven o'clock match, like it was two, exactly. like it was two years ago. But hey, that's something San Antonio decided for some reason. I mean, we can't do anything about it, right? Uh, so, yeah, we can't. But San Antonio can, and they decide. Okay, two p.m. It's gonna hurt them as much as it's gonna hurt us. Yeah, well, oh. I mean, I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's it's San Antonio. They're all hyped up because they have they have a full on uh, checkers board uh, on their new kits. Exactly, and like you know, because we still follow True Enriquez because he's still a cool <laughs> dude, but. <laughs> It's funny. He's like, you know, posing, kind of sitting down with his checkered jersey. Like, why? 
why did they make it that way? It doesn't look amazing, but then again, but everybody, know, Portland, but you know what's funny? Uh, Portland Thorns jersey that kind of looks the same, except that one has lines on it. So I guess. Well, the thing about it is, but I, at I least, at least, for example, with uh, with Portland, at least that you can say that that's their traditional color combination, right? With San Antonio, yeah. which usually always been blue, uh, blue, black and white, or black and gray in in some as in some aspect. Yes, or last season they had it was black. The sleeves were kind of dark gray, and they had highlight color of red. Right, kind of goes on, yeah. kind of goes with what their their uh, crest follows. Right, but this one, this yeah. one, it's primary color of, were black. Secondary color of red. It doesn't seem traditional, but then again, this is I'm not a San Antonio fan uh, at all. So, and I know a lot of San Antonio fans love it. A lot of people outside of uh, uh, outside of San Antonio that are USL fans loved it for some reason. I guess it's daring yeah, be- because it's red. It's red and black. Red and black always goes nice together, in my opinion as well. I get why it is liked. I not gonna lie, I kind of do like it just because of the co- color combination, and I recall I understand why now. Mm-hmm. Toyota. What is their main color on their logo? Red. Mm-hmm. So that kind of influenced that whole red deal where they highlighted it because of that Toyota. It looked nice with the black, and they were probably like, you know what, let's implement yeah. that. So it kind, I kind of get that now, but still, of course, like you said, it should be black and gray or black and silver but they don't want to be like the san antonio spurs i guess i guess it's understandable they want their own identity at the same time they're they've got the same colors as a team not too far from them it's probably difficult back and forth but of course why am i defending them don't know (laughs) but i understand I guess from a perspective of just trying to make a nice jersey, change it up. This segment I brought guess. to you by Chewy Enriquez. Apparently, San Antonio FC's latest uh, team face or the face of the team seems legit. Yep. That is another. <laughs> that is another topic of. Uh, we'll probably discuss in another in another episode about how this team can improve marketing our players. Because I know San Antonio FC has done a really decent job in hyping up Chuy Enriquez in their uh, in their promos. So and other and other players. Um so Yeah speak real yeah. quick, speaking about that too, apparently like I mentioned last week, there is a new uh commercial that was kind of being done for RDVFC. So we'll see if that ends up being a big promotion for Castellano. True. I think I think I think he he can be the new face. Him and Cello, uh, and Rob could be the the new faces of the team. Um, so hopefully they they get uh, marketed well. Uh, so going back to the um, to the chat before we go because I did see a good question by Michael and I'll post it and and then I'll I'll ask it to you Jacob uh, and then I'll I'll answer it. Who would you like to see as the starting lineup for the Toros? Ooh. Or the Toros starting lineup. Um, well, our whole, of course, you'd have to have Castellanos there. Cello. Um, basically, what we kind of saw last year, those players that came back from last year, I would like to really see them stay on that starting, starting 11. Mm-hmm. 
goalkeeper make Ben Willis, of course, in a goal. But I did like it when we kind of switched them out a lot, the goalkeepers. Mm -hmm. But for sure, start off with Ben Willis. Um, if, you know, McHugh is worth, worth, you know, starting. Mm -hmm. Or McLaughlin, I mean, kind of. If they're worth starting, start them. But at the moment, of course, I just have to see a lot more of them to know. But really just our main guys that are expected to start, make them start is what I'd like to see. Just basically balance the lineup. Whoever has more chemistry together, start them. And, and that's the thing. Right now we're at a point where we can't really give our opinion. I'll go ahead and give it anyway. But we can't really give a really strong opinion on who we want as a starter because we still have a lot of trialists, right, that we don't know who they are. Or we kind of have an idea who they are, but, you know, we don't know for sure if they're going to be getting a USL contract or not. Um, yeah. But who I would like to see as a starting lineup, Ben Willis on goal. Sam Junqua out on the right, Castellanos and Kyle Adams, center backs, Robert Coronado as a left back, Cello as the defensive midfielder, accompanied by Kevin Rodriguez and Luca Purpa, all right? And then up on top, striker Gary, uh, Garrett McLaughlin, Tyberson, and uh, uh, DeShane Beckford. Yeah. I'd go with a four-three-three formation. Exactly, and that's most likely what Houston Dynamo are doing too. If Houston, remember whatever Houston Dynamo is doing for their lineup, as in tactics, tactics-wise, mm -hmm. then Jerson will probably either have to or will copy. Yeah, that's kind of what we saw, especially last year, and it it benefited. Too. Yeah. Remember those two, the two striker yes. system. Yes. When we had that help, it worked wonders. That final month of the season worked wonders yeah. because of that lineup, if I'm not Correct. mistaken, or the tactical issue. And so, most likely that'll happen. But four three three, if Houston Dynamo's using that, which they probably could be, then it's a good four three three as well. Or four two three. No, not a four two three. One. Yeah. But either way, probably just going back to maybe two strikers, that would be nice. So let's listen real quick. It's a really quick video. Uh, thanks to Ray Silva of South Texas Border Sports. Is Jerson Echeverry after yesterday's practice? Let's see what he had. All right, Coach. Uh, last week of uh, preseason play for you guys. Uh, what do you think is going to be the important part going down the stretch of preseason? Just about, you know, trying to find uh, the top 11 players that are going to help us to, to win the first game uh, against Galaxy. Um, you know, uh, we've been trying different lineups, forming different relationships, and now it's just a matter of, you know, guys that are, uh, which 11 guys are the ones that are going to represent us in the first game. And now you guys had a game against SMU. Uh, how, how did you see the players perform out there? Uh, I thought at the beginning it wasn't, wasn't as sharp as, as I would like it to be. Um, didn't think that you know the, the things that we have been working on um, we implemented right off the bat but I thought once we did um, the team looked much better um, we were imposing a little bit more of what we wanted to do and, and I thought that was important plus you know we scored a couple of goals so that was that was key and um, you know there were some really really positive moments after that
And now, despite having those uh, positive moments and having the, the final week of preparations, what's something that, you're, that you've been harping and preaching your team upon as you enter this uh, last week? Just a matter of trusting each other and playing together. I think that um, everything that we do must do together, how, how we defend together, how we, we shift together, how we attack together. And it's a matter of, of sharing the ball and, and, and doing things as a unit, not just individually, because individually it's, it's extremely difficult to, to do it at this level. And so if, if we don't do things uh, as a unit, um, you know, we, we will have a hard time. And I think that the, the guys are buying more and more into that. And, and when we've done it, uh, it's looked pretty good. So I'm hoping that that's, that's going to be the case. So that was uh, Coach Jerson Echeverry um, after yesterday's practice. Thank you, Ray Silva, for, for the footage. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so one of the things he says is, and the reason I brought it up right now because we're talking about formations, right, uh, for RGBC for this upcoming season. He mentions that they are trying trying different formations in these uh, in these preseason matches. Typical, you know, preseason you want to see what uh, is more uh, fitting for the players that you have at this moment. Uh, you might have some players that are better at a four two three one, four three three, or four four two. You know. But you have to see what style fits the best for your players, right? But now, you know, you get to a point where now you see what's best for this team. And now they, you're going to have to make sure everybody's on the same boat. And I think Jerson Echeverry is also mentioning that, that the, the team is getting better. They're gelling a lot better. And they might be getting some, uh, some um, chemistry right off the bat. Yeah. Exactly. It's something that, like we said, he needs to do and has been doing perfectly is just trying out different formations and it's going to work work out perfectly i think by this week of course like we said he kind of needs to figure out which one will most likely work he can still of course test it out but when it's all said and done which one he knows will be that perfect fit for this team Mm -hmm. yes of course he's he doesn't necessarily want to talk about it too much but it's kind of true is that he kind of wants to of course implement what houston dynamo's going to be using but at that same exact time well the team might not gel together perfectly with that formation in general some you talked about it perfectly as well which player works best where and of course as what you could have yourself with the attacker he could maybe only work as well as a poacher and then maybe another attacker on the other wing could work better <laughs> as a helper. Same deal goes with that midfield to the defense. Do they have to lay back or can they push up to help the midfield or will they, you know, have to help a right back or a left back or anything of that sort? So, yeah, a lot goes into that whole thing and it's nice to know where we kind of stand from of course that interview mm-hmm. and we're just ready to hear more hopefully good news going forward into this week especially versus san antonio fc always a rivalry <laughs> no matter what rivals for 90 minutes let's be more clear and then of course just see where we last from that 42 45 minute halves and then go on to train for LA Galaxy 2. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, don't forget a uh, live show uh, before the LA Galaxy 2 match, uh, Sunday, March 8th. 
be sure to check us out. Uh, join us at the Stampede uh, Tailgate. Uh, we do want you guys are more than welcome to come in. We'll get your thoughts uh, from uh, about the team. Uh, don't forget, guys, uh, if you liked this uh, show, be sure to give this video a like. Share it with your friends once the uh, archive is uh, set and ready to be viewed. Uh, share it with your friends. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so uh, already. Follow us in all of our social media down there. We try to be uh, interactive with you guys with uh, questions or comments made. We try to get... Uh, on the banter wagon, but it's kind of too early. But once the season starts chugging along, we get on the banter wagon. So um, be prepared for that. Um, Harry, you're not allowed to come to HEB Park anymore. <laughs> he's, he's just <laughs> um, yeah. Check out our website. Check out our website, ditvpodcast.com. Uh, on there, you can find all the links to all of our uh, podcasts uh, links. Uh, remember that the Don in the Valley podcast is a member of the Beautiful Game Network. You can find the, our podcast audios on the Beautiful Game Network's website, bgn.com. You can also find them on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and TuneIn Radio, which is uh, relatively new for us. So be sure to listen to the podcast there if, you, if there was anything that you missed on today's show. Once again, when you're listening to the podcast, be sure to uh, give it a like, share it, leave, a, leave your rating as well. That really helps us out a lot. Uh, and uh, being able to promote ourselves or be viewed like as a recommended playlist within these uh, particular uh, podcast platforms um also be sure to if you guys are listening to the podcast version at this moment uh be sure to subscribe to our youtube channel youtube.com slash down in the valley uh we go live every wednesday at 7 p.m uh to talk about uh rgbfc and any other uh bit of news that co that comes up regarding the the usl championship team from the rio grande valley um Guys, I really want to thank everybody who participated tonight on the chat. Always appreciate all of your comments, all of your uh, feedback uh, during our show. It really makes this show, you know, go longer than than we expect, but we like it. We, we like talking about soccer, um, and we like to do it with, with you all. You know, hope that you guys learn a little bit about the team. We learn about the team, you know, talking with uh, everybody, including you all. Uh, now let's work together as a unit, as a fan base, to make this team good. This make make this the Valley's team, which is our ultimate goal. Uh, and yes, um, hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll Santos. I can see you uh, this Saturday uh, before the uh, the match uh, of the Houston Dynamo against LA Galaxy. Any final words from you, Jacob? Uh, final words from me, I guess. Well, just yeah, looking forward to uh, next week, and of course, seeing where this team is at this Saturday. Just a lot of different well, expectations for me. Of course, hopefully, the curse can finally be broken when we are doing our show live at HEP Park. Exactly. Hopefully, we can beat LA Galaxy two, Los Dos. 
for the first time in franchise history. Having said that, we want to thank our sponsor, Natural Beauty Spa. We want to thank the Beautiful Gaming Network. And hope to see you all next Sunday at the Stampede Tailgate. And of course, on Monday, be sure to listen to Daniel Feuerstein's, uh, Feuerstein's Fire on uh, Block Talk Radio and support uh, Jacob Young as he's going to make his debut as a special guest on that show talking about the USL Championship and of course next week also for the Copa Tejas Roundtable. Hope to see you all there. We'll see you on the next one. Take care.